प्लीज क्लैप हेलो एंड वेलकम टू हेलो एंड वेलकम टू नीड फॉर स्पीच इन द लास्ट एपिसोड आई स्पोक टू माई फ्रेंड ओमकार हु वर्क्स एट अ कंपनी कॉल्ड चूज टू थिंक दिस इज अ टू पार्ट एपिसोड विथ हरीश एंड रामानंद द फाउंडर्स ऑफ चूज टू थिंक In this first part I talked to them about what their company actually does how the name choose to think came about and the journey from an idea on paper to starting up a venture So uh, a quick introduction of yours please uh, over to Harish Hey hi Tane this is Harish um, I've been in Pune India for uh, last few years completed my engineering then went and did my MBA worked in a bunch of software product and services companies then ran a startup of my own for around 4 years and 2014 is when we started choose uh, to think um outside of work or what you want to call as work um father of two play tennis every day so that's what you know keeps me going and uh, hi ramanand hi tanay thanks for inviting us to this podcast so uh, like harish uh, i also went to the same uh, engineering college college of engineering pune so i trained in computer engineering uh, i worked for 4 years as a software developer always wanted to do uh, you know kick on from there uh, to learn some uh, new things in the field so i did my masters at iit bombay in the emerging field of natural language processing machine learning i worked as a you know a researcher for quite a bit after that and uh, i always was all interested in areas like quizzing and writing there were a lot of other things i wanted to pursue and so that led me to 2014 when we started choose to think so uh, where did the name uh, choose to think uh, really come from so in 2014 when we were looking for a name for our new venture our minds went to a book called made to stick so made to stick is a book about making your messaging sticky uh so we first thought of a name called made to think uh, because that's what we wanted to get people to do and then we realized that no we didn't want to force them to think we wanted them to opt in to think and that led to choose to think so what exactly does uh, choose to think do because i've known you guys for almost like 4 years now 3 3 years at least and i i still don't really have the complete picture of what it is you guys exactly do i know your subsidiary think to win uh, conducts pub quizzes and that is the uh, part that i'm involved with and guys just a quick disclosure here i am not being paid by anyone to do this podcast it's just that these are two of the smartest guys that i know and i thought it would be very fun to you know talk to them so again uh, what exactly does choose to think do uh Thanks Tanak that was very flattering but uh, we'll send you a check later for sure. Uh so uh yes so I think what choose to think does uh, the answer to that question uh the you know just thinking back over 5 years as to the various ways we've tried to answer that question. Uh so currently what choose to think the aim uh, of CTQ as we call it in short is to uh, up level people and teams so that they are more relevant in the future. so i'll explain what up leveling means uh, if you've played a game or you've you know you little know little bit about say uh, space uh, there is always an expanding array of levels uh, in each of this 
and uh, so when you start off uh, you know you're good at something then you get you you get kind of uh, you hit a plateau and there is always another level that you want to reach so our clients hire us so that we can make their companies their employees maybe even themselves reach that proverbial next level and that's what up leveling means to us harish you want to add anything to that yeah in fact i you know uh, wanted to point out that uh, when ramanand said currently what we are saying uh, what we are doing it, it's very relevant it's very deliberate use of the word currently as well uh, because it has evolved over a period of time we were very deliberate about not coming up with one probably motherhood statement and say this is what we are going to the market with now you know everyone comes and falls to our feet we knew that is not going to happen uh, so it evolved um, the articulation the messaging has evolved over the last 5 uh, years which is why we have come to you know where we are probably so so three would you later you might hear something else <laughs> <laughs> so so would you also say that in the process of you know up leveling uh, choose to think itself has gone through that process of up leveling and just just iterating and just becoming a better version of itself absolutely in fact our greatest source of credibility comes from the fact that we apply all this thinking all these approaches to ourselves first uh, and then take it uh, outside uh, to people who can benefit from them so we've also evolved uh, i think uh, we've tried to up level ourselves with the help of reading with the help of meeting smart people uh, uh, constantly uh so yes we try and be a living embodiment of up leveling as far as we can so uh, coming back to you know uh, through the inception of the company now that i have a very brief idea of very brief overview of what you guys do uh, so who exactly had this idea of you know starting something different because harish as you mentioned you worked in a startup for 4 years and uh, ramanan you used to work at uh, i used to work at uh, you know in in research labs primarily yeah. so what was that you know seed sort of where you guys just went uh, i don't i we want to start up something new and start up something new in a field which which in itself is not very well defined as such so can you just guide us through the process of when you had the idea and then you just sort of incorporated the company and then you took it forward so step 1 was to sit where you are sitting because this is exactly where we were actually discussing this 5 years ago and um, you must have heard of this concept of uh, the japanese ikigai where you yeah. you know try to figure out what are you good at what is the world ready to pay for uh, and, and all that right so um, in 2014 uh, end of 2013 actually when i had uh, sort of sort of closed my earlier startup and ramanand was on a break uh, from the previous organization that he was working with we had uh, some inkling about what we wanted to do but we were still trying to figure out what exactly it would be uh, so sitting here right uh, where we are sitting right now uh, we actually started looking at what are we good at you know what have people been coming to us for and that's how all these things started coming together and uh, yeah then then the name was something that we uh, you know uh, applied to what we were uh, wanting to do uh, but at that point of time uh, we did not say that yeah we are going to be a consulting company or a quizzing company it was some of the you know some of the things that we thought of were that yeah these are you know we should be doing things that we enjoy we should be working with people that we you know want to work with uh, those were some of the guiding principles for us uh, 
uh, when we started. And one of the things that we were again very particular about was that we will not do it in a very traditional way. So we really did not go and incorporate it as a company. Uh, it's not a private limited company. We said we wanted to keep the paperwork as minimal as possible. So it's a partnership uh, between the two of us. And uh, that's also part of the belief that we have in terms of how work is going to evolve in the next few years where you know people like you who are working with us on on a on a project basis or for certain uh, gigs is going to be part of you know everything that people do in fact just yesterday raman posted this uh, poll about uh, you know do you think people in senior leadership levels are going to work with multiple companies um, i think we are already doing that so uh, the future is already there uh, so it's not really the future of work it's we are living embodiment of uh, what what you were talking about yesterday raman so just to add uh, to what harish said uh, just looking back at uh, you know i think we we did use the ikigai diag uh, diagram very deliberately uh, so we started by looking what is it that we uh, are good at what is that unique spot that we have we could have very easily uh, made choose to think into a very traditional consulting company or a training company yeah because that's that's also one of the first things that uh, when my parents asked me when i first started uh, you know hosting pop quizzes for you guys and okay oh, this is there's this company thing to win it's uh, a part of choose to think and the way i explained it is it's kind of a consulting company but i'm not sure do they do corporate training like maybe something like that yeah. correct so uh, in some sense we are always trapped by labels that we en encounter along the way right we need uh, there is a need to bucket everyone and each entity that we meet and we've tried to resist that as much as possible or at, at the best re or invent your own label so that you own that space and this is the you know part of the wisdom that we've uh, accumulated over the years so i don't have any formal business training it's all you know self taught or you know observed from others and you know these are the little nuggets that you pick up uh, so we didn't want to be a one you know yet another company in uh, in space in uh, you know traditionally defined spaces so yes it means in turn that we have it takes maybe half an hour to explain what we do uh, because uh, in addition to doing what we do at choose to think today uh, as you said and as you've been a part of we do uh, think to win which is you know not just pub quizzing but creates content for apps that you know aims at making uh, smart people uh, enjoy life in an interesting fashion the way they like to and you know not in the way that society often uh, thinks of as enjoyment we do something called as iconic india which is all about bringing families and children closer to india so uh, choose to think is a mindset uh, more than anything else wherein we look at the status quo in any situation and ask uh, what is it that we can do differently uh, how can we uh, you know raise the bar uh, in that so i mean the way i look at it is that uh, we fight against villains like the status quo uh, you know tradition uh, we fight against habit uh we fight against routines we fight against people asking you know why should i disrupt something uh so uh those are all like friction and gravity and air resistance they keep you down and if you want to move to a next level uh you find ways to fight against these villains so that's what choose to think tries to do so i think i have a very i think my listeners would also have a, a very brief overview of you know what 
what it is that choose to think exactly does and that's also why i think uh, i enjoy working with you guys it's because uh, there's no traditional labels as raman rightly said and it's a very open work environment uh, everyone is very encouraged to come up with new ideas of their own and you are encouraged to challenge the ideas of your colleagues on the basis of the merit of that idea and there are no preconceived notions as to what is right and what is wrong and if if this is the hard and fast way of doing a certain thing uh if, because even in like processes and everything there is there's so much which has been you know uh, laid to the ground and okay this is the thing that must be followed whereas the both of you will just come in and okay this is being done but why is it being done you know what are the reasons can we do this better so so what are the different kinds of you know ways in which choose to think operates which is not you know something which is traditional because this podcast has pretty much all been about you know uh, people doing things a bit differently and so uh, i know you guys are very much into you know remote working and uh, you don't really have a fixed office you don't have people coming in and uh, working so can you tell us a bit about how you guys operate the company itself very differently so uh, we've looked at everything that we do and try to re- examine very basic assumptions so for instance you need to have an office uh, you need to have meetings you need to operate using email so these are all uh, you know conventions that uh, we don't follow i choose to think and uh, actually for me personally one of the reasons i wanted to get out of the you know the conventional system that i was part of for so long was because these things uh, really annoyed me there were so many better ways of uh, you know being effective yeah there are so many phone calls that like so many conference calls that could have been just one email so many meetings that could have been just one email and uh, i you know 100 uh, uh, that one email could have been replaced by uh, you know some other tool you know which specializes in uh, communication of that sort so uh, i really wanted uh, to have the freedom to be able to design my work environment uh, so you know job uh, you know roles how they, the way they are defined there is a notion of crafting your job and uh, now i have you know i found the word for something that i wanted 5 years ago so i choose to think therefore uh, we've uh, you know we've adopted remote working everyone in the company works essentially out of their own homes or wherever they want to so we've had uh, cases where people have been traveling and and you know their laptop is their office uh, so they've been as productive as they would have been here uh, we meet very rarely face to face and when we meet it is for a very clearly defined purpose like uh, you know ideating around something that cannot be done over uh, you know a tool or maybe it is to have lunch or just to hang out and you know quiz each other so uh, you know that's what meetings should be they should be uh, productive uh, instruments and and not an excuse to show up uh, in front of your boss yeah, so this in fact there are uh, drawbacks to this in fact the biggest drawback that i can think of was in the case of raman and when he was you know trying to apply for a school for his daughter uh and one of the schools uh you know asked for an office address of the father and ramanand was at a loss of words how to you know respond to that he was asking if he should give the ip address or the mac address of his laptop as the <laughs> working address <laughs> so yeah these are the kind of uh, challenges that you'll face but yeah otherwise it's it's um, it's been great working the way we are uh, you know we we fashioned uh, work at choose to think uh, we're very 
passionate about continuing to work this way so when someone starts working with us yeah it's 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 an expectation that uh, there will be some surprises uh, you know according to the conventional you know way the uh, you know way offices and work uh, goes uh, but yeah because uh, things are so well defined and designed um, they start falling you know falling into what what we are doing and are quite comfortable with that so one thing about organizations uh, is that they are often designed around uh, things going bad or uh, you know not being able to trust everyone equally yes we are a small company we have about 6 7 people working with us full time and therefore uh, we can trust them to use their judgment uh, they've been you know they've gone through that process when they make a mistake it usually does not bring down the entire edifice uh, so we are built more around people you know using and expressing their judgment rather than it being designed Uh, to prevent, uh, you know. Yeah. So mistakes. people people are allowed to fail at choose to think. Uh, I think, I think one of the biggest advantages of you know working for you guys is uh, uh, you are allowed to experiment. You are allowed to find your own way of getting a particular task done. And you're the most important is you're allowed to fail and you are allowed to learn from it. Yeah. So this is exactly the kind of advice we give our clients when we help them up level, say, innovation culture, uh, wherein. Uh, you know most of these companies are uh, they've become successful at delivering great value for a lot of people by sticking to processes and uh, very little variance from uh, you know those uh, ways of doing things so no i think that that might also be a part of uh, like how big the company is because if, if after a particular size that the company reaches it must be hard to you know deviate from what is the norm and so, uh, you have that advantage of being small and you know being able to quickly change focus uh, so the some of the more enterprising companies seem to have figured out that balance uh, so i think a lot of companies uh, you know have swung so far towards being efficient and being very process driven uh, that uh, when they they want to step you know come back towards what you know every company at some point started from zero and it had these enterprising behaviors people who were rule breakers people who failed uh, you know in in what they started first who got them to this level level and now because of the way technology is changing and the business landscape is changing people want to swing back towards uh, you know those days uh, and a lot of people because of the startup environment around them people within you know established companies are also demanding uh, you know work styles of that kind uh so that's a lot of our work uh, comes from helping companies make this mind sh- uh, shift uh you know happen and therefore we uh, again you know can persuade them because we do this ourselves so we have a uh, we we have a high tolerance for the right kinds of failures it's not that every failure is uh, accepted some failure is just stupidity so we try and <laughs> yeah. be less stupid every day maybe then by uh, instead of being you know smarter every day you can just be less stupid and you you'll probably uh, do very well so it it's like uh, when you're a child and you are just experiencing the world as it is and it is out of a place of curiosity you're just curious about the world, like something you have not experienced and you just want to see what it's like and i think you guys are trying to bring that back to uh, the way companies are run because you what is essentially say what you're essentially saying is uh, companies should be allowed to experiment and uh, you know coming back to the the point that you made about you know meetings and and quizzing i think since both of you being uh, avid quizzers 
back in the days of coep uh, so what kind of a role does uh, curiosity and you know quizzing have at choose to think yeah so uh, being quizzers really helped us uh, do or get to where we are uh, when we started we were thinking about you know what what role did quizzing play in our lives and we realized that uh, quizzing was not really the end but it was more the means that uh, we were enjoying because you know because we were interested in quizzing we were exposed to so many different books authors you know shows from which uh, we could pick up something we could learn something and that's what we would go and you know end up applying in in the kind of work that we were doing so it was not just pursuing quizzing for the sake of it it was not like you know we are picking it up as so so it is not basically like trying to be the smartest guy in the room but it was more of uh, you just have a hobby and you try to learn from it and apply it elsewhere you, it's not just for the sake of being a smart ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i would agree with that <laughs> so uh, for uh, choose for choose to think uh, curiosity is our biggest advantage is probably the only moat we have if at all uh, we can call it that because uh, we get compared to consulting companies to training companies uh, even people within an organization sometimes uh, you know wonder uh, you know they are our competitors too in some sense because when you drive a mindset uh, mindset shift within a company uh, there are entrenched people who think they can do that as well uh so for us the biggest advantage comes from the fact that we can have a conversation with people at different levels so uh you know we can have a conversation about manchester united uh we can have a conversation about uh french racing if it comes to that we can hold our own for you know five minutes with uh, different kinds of people and uh, this is an accumulation uh, over time uh thanks to things like uh, quizzing and curiosity so we tell everyone at choose to think that that's our biggest advantage that's what uh, really keeps us in business and that enables us to really deliver uh, you know impact for our customers so now that we have a basic idea of uh, what choose to think is and uh, how you guys function uh, why do your clients come to like what is the problem that needs to be solved for your clients yeah so um, like they say you know it's it's usually someone who's got the call um, somebody who has the uh, decision making power and uh, capacity and who's not satisfied with the way things are in you know uh, most of the cases it would be someone like the ceo or you know the site head of uh, of an uh, you know of, of a product company kind of an organization uh, who would say that yeah i want to build a culture of innovation or entrepreneurship and um, what it entails typically is a change of mindset uh, in the people because you have hired people for a specific uh, role you know because they are good at something and now when you are asking them to be more innovative you are expecting them to change the way they are working uh, so it requires a change of mindset and that's where usually uh, you know that's that's where things start dropping because uh, you haven't created the right kind of environment you haven't created the right kind of processes they don't know the right kind of things they are expected to continue doing their delivery work whatever they are supposed to do and over and above that they are supposed to do this and there's also you know there's bit of a dichotomy there because uh, you know you're being paid to do something 
but you are being asked to do something else <laughs> so uh, then there is an expectation mismatch because the site head or the ceo wants you to go beyond your brief and all that so typically those are the kind of cases where uh, they come to know about what we are doing and they ask us you know can you help us build this culture of innovation or entrepreneurship can i engage better with my uh, you know employees sometimes these are like uh, raman was saying earlier every company starts small starts at zero and there's this you know group of enterprising people who uh, start at the beginning and as the company starts growing uh, sort of the standards start you know dropping or the level of engagement uh, drops uh, and then very soon people feel oh it wasn't you know it was much different earlier when we were a smaller team now we don't you know interact so uh, often and, and all yeah, that yeah with with size comes a lot of boundaries and a lot of friction in which you which the company operates right yeah so uh, you know that's that's where uh, designing these things designing these habits designing these systems for groups comes into uh, you know play for us where we can actually you know uh, take this to uh, a group and and make changes a lot of the angst for these decision makers comes from a sense that uh, their ability to stay relevant is dipping uh, and surprisingly this comes f- uh, from a lot of well established situations so uh, people feel that uh, you know they've reached a certain plateau they've done well but the smart ones the ones that know this will not last forever are the ones thinking ahead and asking uh, what is it that i should do to stay relevant in the future so some people look at it as a problem of getting uh, their employees to learn more on their own because yeah that is i think that is what uh, at&t is doing for uh, their own employees wherein they have some sort of uh, uh, there's a book called uh, thank you for being late by tom friedman and he talks about uh, how uh, companies are now encouraging their employees to learn on the job right right and it's a tricky situation so in the anecdote you just said uh, you know uh, i think what at&t is tried to do is to say that uh, we'll give you the resources but it's your you know your ability to do it yourself whenever you want to do it which is key we will not try and put you in training programs which is again uh, no there are a lot of t- the traditional way to attack this is to send you to an e learning kind of platform or uh, invite a trainer over but that does not make long term change happen so the kind of work that we end up doing uh, is multidisciplinary uh, it brings in behavior change so we read about psychology uh, it involves group uh, habits Uh, it involves technology because you know everything is done through platforms uh, it involves a, a lot of persuasion and marketing because you're trying to change um, the way people look at uh, you know problems like this a lot of it is about uh, intrinsic motivation tapping into you know why people want to uh, you know behave in a certain way so uh, we tackle it it's such a complex problem it's what's called a wicket problem typically and uh, so what we help our clients is to not just uh, give them a design and say run it we we get in uh, into the field with them and help them execute uh, we also uh, play devil's advocate for them uh, we also run workshops for them so that's where you know we get compared to training uh, companies uh, we try and do this in an engaging fashion because we we are good at quizzing and that is taught us uh, what makes uh, people interested uh, in in a topic Yeah so, I remember uh, when you you bring up quiz like 
teaching people via quizzing so i remember this uh, one session that you guys did uh, on uh, a book called the power of habit and uh, i was there at that session where it uh, it was basically a book summary but the way it was delivered was through a quiz wherein you asked very simple questions and that is how you delivered the message of that book whereas uh, any other way of form which is a very direct you know this is what we are teaching you and do you have any questions at that point not many people will have questions but the fact that you are making it very engaging from the outset itself even before you you know dive into the topic you ask questions like at every step there's a question on some topic i think that makes it very engaging even for uh, the target audience to learn new things so there's nothing like a great question to you know prompt a conversation Uh, like what you're doing with your podcast right <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know the power of questions whether they be reflective questions or they be factual questions like you see in a quiz uh, opens up the space for conversation and uh, uh, i mean even despite being quizzers and knowing about the power of uh, a great question we see that every time we see that we are just blown away by that power so uh, so one so uh, we have this format called quintessence which turns a book into a, a quiz so that people can uh, get the summary of a book in 45 minutes uh, it's very easy to give people a copy of the book and say go and read it but uh, you know most people uh, don't want to do that and that's where understanding uh, motivation and psychology really helps uh, maybe 10 years ago we would have taken the approach of uh you know guilt tripping people into reading today we accept it and we say that there are a range of uh, motivation on, on the spectrum and uh, you can start off with a one line summary and take it right up to a complete full blown analysis of a book uh, you just match you know the motivation that people have but the goal is to you know get them one step closer and you know to that uh, next level that they are seeking Yeah, and and coming back to what Ramanand was mentioning earlier about the kind of things that we do, uh, so if you would have you know heard what he said, it and if you would map it to the existing functions or departments in in an organization, what we are doing is uh, what would typically be in the uh, you know purview of uh, the L and D. uh that is you know learning department then there would be something which would go with the marketing department or corporate communications there would be something which would be part of hr there would be some things which are uh, taken care of by your immediate uh, manager where it's you know it's the question of uh, figuring out your purpose and you know what you are doing and why do you exist in the organization so uh, the 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 problem that the ceo has uh, has multiple fathers there because they all have to you know do their bit and because they are not uh, you know pulling in the same direction uh, is where uh, you know things uh, drop and that's where when they come to us then uh, you know we can actually uh, deliver that value for uh, the ceo or the site head because uh, we are working with each of these different entities functions helping them nudging them do their work better in the direction that uh, we are looking at for the overall you know organization so uh, you know again as i said we try and practice a lot of this in our own work and uh, this knowledge of how groups can change over a period of time uh, you mentioned the book power of habit uh, so it talks very briefly about uh, how habits are created uh, why they are difficult to change 
uh, what do we know from research about how, how what a habit is um, so we've taken a lot of that thinking and uh, applied it to problems like this so we often don't have uh, the ability to you know whip people into action uh, and in in many cases because we live in a uh, in in times where there are matrixed organizations so people have multiple bosses this is a complex situation for a lot of uh, companies so we use a lot of nudges like uh, harish mentioned uh, we try and get uh, people really thinking about their purpose what they really want to do and uh, that has helped us design the right kind of uh, practical uh, initiatives that uh, you know get people moving otherwise the the you know the earlier approach would have been to take a character and stick approach and uh, you know push people it's it's almost like a parenting job right yeah. uh, you know if you see how parenting has evolved over the years uh, we live in an era where uh, it's very easy to be a permissive parent because uh, you know there is so much abundance around us and uh, in an earlier era it was all about managing scarcity uh, so similar situations happen in organizations as well so uh, again our uh, you know there are a wide variety of influences to how we solve these problems and uh, uh, this is an ever changing mix of uh, approaches that we you know, bring because a lot of uh, entrenched ways of thinking in organizations uh, get stuck because they've not kept up with uh, these newer ways of dealing with situations for example the whole field of behavioral psychology and economics from where nudges come from most people within organizations haven't really kept up they've just stopped learning ever since they got out of uh, you know their hr programs in college or uh, you know whatever trained them for the role that they have right now it's and and we i think that's also to do with uh... Uh, how like as you mentioned hr programs are done because you learn a sort of process i think it's very process driven you are taught a process and you are sort of expected to you know stick to that process why because that process works it's it's tried and tested and it's proven and companies are uh, very reluctant to change uh, from something that I, you know works i i would modify that a bit i wouldn't say it works i would say it worked in the past Uh, oh yeah, they they approached you precisely because it's now it's not working. And, yeah. Uh, so there is a marketing person called Rory Sutherland. So he says that yeah, I follow him on Twitter. He's a very fun guy. He's 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 I think the best ever podcast that I've heard uh, involves him and he's on the Farnham Street podcast. Uh, very hilarious, but very very insightful. So he says that you will not get fired uh, if you follow convention, right? And that's what most people in organizations. want to do and i don't blame them for that so uh, about a generation ago you would not get fired for hiring ibm that was the uh, you know the standard thing and uh, you know when people like us come in we don't have that baggage so we can say what we think uh, we can propose new ideas and uh, so you are basically like in that very cliche term you're disruptors we try and do that but we try and uh, we, we don't come in uh, maybe like a certain donald trump and you know uh, invite a bunch of bulls into the china shop we bring in a little calf maybe at first do a little bit of breaking and and take it as far as as we can go but yes i think the fact that we don't have to uh, our uh, you know our value doesn't come from telling them exactly what they are already doing is is important and uh, you know if if you're entrenched in an organization which uh, has something that has worked in the past for them uh, it doesn't matter if it won't work for them in the future they won't get fired for doing that today 
and that's where you know they get stuck so it's like gravity right you 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 just kind of stick to that and uh, you don't you know you don't go anywhere great but at least you don't lose your job and coming back to the point of nudges uh, i think that's a very good thing that i've learned from you guys is is that you don't necessarily uh, you tell the person how to motivate themselves to learn about something instead of using a carrot and stick approach as you said very new just you know show some uh, okay this is you have to attend this training session or something you try and tell people uh, you try and motivate people to learn that thing on their own and i think that's very important because once you are uh, your curiosity is peaked about something once you are motivated to learn anything on your own uh, you do a much better job of retaining that information and you might do a much better job of uh, going through the learning process and i think you actually enjoy that learning process because i'm not sure how effective these days you know training seminars are wherein you're just being forced fed information and your brain just you know blanks out after half an hour of attention you are encouraged to learn on your own i think that is a very important thing that you guys do yeah, so nudges have this uh, category called opt-ins and uh, you know since we are all from the same university uh, you know things haven't really changed a lot uh, since the time we were in college uh, if you look at uh, most college uh, academic sessions there you're forced to attend them because of attendance there are all these structures that keep you in place the first time i actually saw the value of doing exactly the opposite was when uh, with a friend of mine uh, i taught at coep for my juniors because i felt that they deserved uh, you know much better experience uh, in terms or also an opportunity to learn so we actually uh, you know volunteered to teach for a few semesters this is after we graduated and uh, the first thing we told all the students on day 1 and have just having been a student very recently ourselves that your attendance is taken care of okay so you don't have to come here which meant that the onus was on us to deliver much more than what they would otherwise get by staying outside so uh, like harish likes to say the biggest you know one of the biggest competitors for anything is not doing it okay the, the, uh, you know that that's a big option for people Uh, just not uh, doing something not taking up something is is you have to give people a reason really to opt in so uh, what i like about that is it forces us it forces the leaders to really think hard about why somebody should opt for a training session opt for a change management uh, you know campaign that they are running uh, it's like uh, how uh, you know advertising works or it's like how Uh, most of the adult life outside of work works right where you have the option of of uh, you have the choice uh, and people are trying to persuade you and trying to get your attention and i think a lot of work should also be like that in fact on on the learning front you know the the biggest difference that we bring to the table is changing the unit of learning where typically you assume that there is one training seminar or one workshop which is where all the learning is going to happen and uh, in a work organization in most cases people would come attend this workshop or training session and then go back to what they were doing earlier uh, and then some yeah that doesn't point, stick that yeah. that doesn't stick right so at some later point you are expected to do what you were taught you know 6 months earlier or one year earlier right uh, so we have taken the the unit of that um, you know in terms of time the unit of learning to move away from just the one workshop to say a 3 week period after the workshop where we are creating these uh, practice grounds which helps them practice this on a daily basis it might simply be a 5 minute 
you know thing that you would do after a workshop but uh, you do that because then you are you know practicing what you were so called taught uh, in that 2 uh, 3 hour uh, session and that's what brings a difference otherwise you know again like ramanand keeps saying it's like that karna uh, you know uh, story right at at the time when he really needed to use all his weapons his mind was blank which is what is going to happen you know if if you're doing uh, these trainings attending these trainings and not really yeah because like uh, uh, your uh, ability to recall of uh, is what matters after a training session and like as you mentioned you, you guys keep on uh, helping people practice what what they learned and i think that brings into uh, account uh, just accountability of recalling what you learned uh, practicing it on a daily basis and that is what makes uh, things stick so uh, i think in your previous episode omkar mentioned spaced repetition so there is so much known now through actual research about how brains recall or you know store memory recall what makes practice effective but none of that actually filtered down to everything from schools to colleges to uh, you know how people uh, learn something new in work and the reason we keep coming back to learning is because again you know like it's almost a cliche to say that the world is changing constantly so you you've got to learn to keep up but if you think about it we have never been taught how to learn yeah and that is <laughs> that is kind of the whole point of this whole podcast again why talking to you guys is is interesting okay. for me it's because it's it's about how you was taught me on how to acquire skills how to learn basically and and how to make that whole process tailored to yourself because it's not like one size fits all it's everyone learns differently at their own different paces you guys are giving people tools on okay here are the various tools on which you can learn now you have to pick and choose what works best for you what pace works best for you right and this also assumes that the person is an intelligent person who can make these decisions for themselves and doesn't have to be pushed a certain way of doing things uh, so one of my favorite examples of practice grounds that harish mentioned is not something that we came up with but i would have loved to have come up with the concept ourselves uh so we spoke earlier about failure right letting people fail and uh, you know failure is not something organizations are you know are very permit you know permit their uh, employees to do because there is a cost of failing but in certain situations like you know coming up with new ideas you do want people to uh, fail very quickly so how do you now take something like failure and practice failure right yeah. it seems like uh, not something we are uh, traditionally Uh, been taught to do because if, if anytime it's practice or exams we want to always succeed so uh, you know there is a concept of a failure olympics or there is this guy who went about uh, trying to find the hardest things that he could do like you know you meet some uh, stranger on the street and you try to sell him or you ask him for money uh, and you know 99 times out of 100 you will fail at that and it's not so much about failing but the whole feeling that your body goes through when you fail which is like this terrible feeling uh, you know that your 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 body is uh, putting you through and you get used to it and uh, again this is how people treat phobias this is how people treat this something called as uh, exposure therapy and you connect it back to spaced repetition which is that your brain keeps forgetting things after a period of time and you have to reinforce that continuously which is why training sessions don't work on themselves uh, if you can come, we can come and do a session for you and tell you stories about how uh, great people have failed but how do we get you to fail and the next day we might get you to uh, go and walk up to your ceo and ask him a question in a public forum 
which is something most people you know will not do uh, you know most uh, forums are uh, at the end when they ask for questions there's this deathly yeah, silence. silence nobody raises right? the hand everybody wants to get out everything from not wanting to sit on the first row because you will be noticed this all goes back to human behavior we you know we like safety of herds we don't want to stand out but applying the you know the evolutionary paradigms that saved us from lions is hurting you in you know when it comes to innovation when it comes to you know growth and up leveling and so we design these little practice grounds where maybe you know first day you uh, you fail at a small thing you get used to that you're happy with that and then maybe eventually you will go and sell that hard to sell thing to somebody and you build your muscle for failure so that was part 1 of my discussion with harish and ramanand in part 2 we talk about putting into practice the stuff they learned about at work into other areas of their lives and how up leveling is a skill that can be learned by anyone so do stay tuned for part 2